Good afternoon, I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no it doesn't. Case in point, we are here to talk about one of the most iconic pre-MCU films to date, Blade Trinity. But before we dive right in, why don't we get a load of that theme? Whatever that is, I have I re- not decided what I'm putting in there yet. <laughs> I really like your uh, homage to early 2000s dance music. Okay, so that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. Um, we are here to wrap up the entire Blade trilogy that we have been uh, doing for the past month or so. Uh, mm-hmm. And invited to the pod, uh, there's no other person I would rather have talk about one of the most iconic MC- or pre-MCU films than the man Liam O'Connor who is returning for his uh, third or fourth appearance. Welcome back, Liam. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. We are... Always a pleasure. We are so excited. I, specifically, because I texted you right after we did Spider-Man, and we... I think you were instrumental in helping convince Jordan to do the Blade trilogy. (laughs) I feel like it it was foreshadowed. uh, When I heard it back, I was like, oh, that's why Cade's texting me. (laughs) I think we said it pretty early on in the podcast about Spider-Man 3, about Blade Trinity. Correct. (laughs) And you had never seen any of these movies, am I correct? No, I watched them all within a span of a week. (laughs) Which must have been an incredible week for you. If I could turn back time. (laughs) Honestly, In the words of Sharon. I mean, mean, it it was kind of, it was a little uh, vacation. Yeah, bouncing through the years. I, all right, so uh, we've already di- given, uh, we've already dived into both of the first two, but I would love to hear your just overall opinions of one and two before we do a deep dive into three. I I liked one and two. <laughs> one and two were I, I would consider good movies, like because you have to put yourself when they like yeah. came out in nineteen ninety eight and two thousand two, respectively. I mean, Blade One, it was just badass. I, I kind of feel the sweet spot of Blade is him being, like, the stoic lead, not a lot of dialogue, Correct. just simple, like, you know, combat, Correct. a lot of, you know, Great kung fu. fight choreography. Yeah, and I think that was the strength. I, I think in the second one, which I was, I, at the end of the second one, I was like, that didn't deserve to be as good as it was. A lot of practical effects. <laughs> then I see directed by Guillermo del Toro, and I was like, no Oh, way. so you didn't like, know. <laughs> I didn't do any background. I did little to no research about these movies. Like, I wanted to go in completely blind. Yeah. And the second one, after seeing the Guillermo, I was like, okay, one, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Two, it added, like, more weight to it, where I was like, oh, this is pretty dope. I mean, the fact that... That, you know, that probably should have been my approach it, with Jordan because I told him that it was Guillermo up front and he was expecting Pan's Labyrinth, I think. Yeah, I liked the first one and then the second one I thought was uh, a bit of a mess. We we loved the blood pack, though, and about 50% yeah. of the podcast was talking about the blood pack. Yeah, I, th- I, I think if I have to highlight favorite or like funniest moments from each of these movies, Blade 1 the bite scene that is a supplement for a sex scene. Yes. It's just yes. constant <laughs> yep. recuts and cuts of her convulsing as he's biting yeah. deeper into her neck. Very sexual. 
Um, sad to see that that, that character didn't really have. <laughs> I mean, she invented the cure for vampirism and kind of gets shafted in the second. Yeah, not um, as not as uh, iconic as Ron Perlman, I guess. Yeah, and I, I and I kind of like that they don't do like a kiss scene or any big romance in the second one. I mean, there's clearly a connection between him and the vampire guy's daughter. Yeah, but it's not like not them making out or anything. As she explodes into sunlight. <laughs> yeah, I, there was something good about. It. I I don't know. I I'm a sucker for that. Like I, I kind of like the second. Liam, one. you don't I mean, have to argue with me. I am a fan of all three of these movies. Yeah, and and then the third one obviously is where I you know not to get too deep into it is just where she hit the fan. It's okay. It's it's all over the place. I, I love. I have a comment about how I watched it before we get into. It. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yes. there was kind of. Uh, uh, some production delays with this one where we were going to record it earlier. Correct. So I started mm-hmm. watching like the first hour two mm-hmm. weeks ago <laughs> or something. And then yeah. I just, I put that on hold until I knew when we were going to actually record the episode. And yes. so I finished it yesterday, but there was a good two weeks between my watching the Did, first half and the second half. I mean, it kind of works like a Godfather part one and two as a single movie. I think that the first half is <laughs> yeah. iconic and stands on its own. Whereas the second half is also equally well, carries as much. I weight. just say that. Cause I'm looking over these notes and, and you don't the know two what weeks ago, Jordan notes. I'm a little like, I, who knows what this guy was talking about? <laughs> well, I just watched it, uh, last night for, I have a, uh, I had a struggle not with the film itself, because I really enjoyed that trip down memory lane. Um, but I was house-sitting for my uncle, uh, who lives in Richmond. And I own this movie on DVD. I think I have a Blu-ray. And it's on HBO Max, which I have an account on my TV. Mm-hmm. So I go to my uncle's house. And I'm like, I, I have to flex. I, yeah, I have to. Yes. Humble <laughs> brag that I own Blade Trinity, Trinity in three <laughs> forms. That's the <laughs> um, perfect amount of times to own it. It really <laughs> is. Uh, so I go to my uncle's house and I have the, he left me some beer there. So I'm drinking some beer. So I'm like, I got to knock this out for tomorrow. I'm hanging out with the boys and talking Blade. So I got to, uh, there's no way I remember it, this movie, even though I did watch it probably like three times 10 years ago. Uh, I was really into it 10 years ago, but I'll get into that. Anyway, I try to log into HBO Max, which is the least user-friendly streaming service when it comes to login in case either of oh, you don't yeah, know to that connect it to like if you're using your console or yes, anything correct it is i can't believe how bad they fumbled it because <laughs> i think the interface is way better than yeah, hbo go yes. or hbo max Agreed. i found it way smoother but it is linking the account to the tv or your ps4 or whatever is abysmal it is miserable i ha- i was like 3 beers deep so i was like right at the point where i was just like it was inconvenient for me to do this and it was killing my buzz and i just was like this is so frustrating and then it's like it's $4 on amazon or whatever i'm like i'm not going to buy this i own 3 copies of it that's insane uh, so I try to watch it in parts on YouTube and that was, <laughs> no, yeah, you tried I that? tried and then I broke down and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to create a new HBO max account and watch it on my phone. Even though my uncle has like a 70 inch screen TV. Uh, <laughs> so that is what I did. I watched this movie on my phone in the shadow of a huge TV 
on a free trial HBO Max account because the one that I already made would not link over to my console to watch. I'm sure they're getting so many free trial signups just to watch Blade Trinity. I think, honestly, (laughs) it's probably almost It's really been drawing people to the platform for Uh, sure. So I watched it and uh, honestly... Much I do have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. Um, I mentioned earlier on the podcast that, or on in this Blade series, um, that me and my uh, close friend Keith uh, watched these movies like when in two thousand nine. I want to say like in high school, and he showed me the first two, and then he hadn't seen three, and neither had I. And we rented uh, the third one through Netflix sleeve. DVD, you know, like remember how we used to watch movies back in the day before yeah. they all became vintage Netflix. Yes. Before they all became when it was like logins. when it was like, you can just go to Blockbuster. What are you doing? <laughs> and then uh, I requested my dad uh, buy this movie for me on his way home from work. Like I'm like, Keith's going to leave tomorrow. We haven't seen it. And he's like, this is so dumb, but fine, I'll do this. Uh, so the he shit did your it. dad puts up with. Yeah, he. I mean, I took him to see Ghost Rider opening night. He was furious. I feel like every podcast I've been on, you've you've told that same story. And each time, my heart breaks for your father. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, he's a good sport. Anyway, uh, I don't see Blade Three, and I'm right off the high of the first two movies. I love these movies, and then. I can't buy the DVD because I don't have money. I don't have a car. I'm early high school. I'm like a freshman or sophomore or whatever. And I go on a family vacation to New Jersey and just regular, like walking around the New Jersey Walmart, there's a copy of Blade Trinity on the shelf and I buy it. And I didn't, the beach house that where we were at didn't have a DVD player or whatever. So I couldn't watch it there. And so then, you watched it on your phone no. in the shadow of a giant <laughs> I, big screen TV. I did not. The TV was very small. Uh, even more embarrassingly, I was at the beach for a week with my family, and I had a plan for when I returned with my uh, good friend Alex, my uh, notoriously best friend since first grade, as I've mentioned several times on the podcast, for Friday night. More than night, several. Dozens. More, sure, hundreds of times. <laughs> And I had, I said, you know, I'm getting home on Friday, we can hang out. And then I bought Blade Trinity and I'm like, also like the the elements for this movie, uh, as Sherlock said to Watson are adding up, sir, (laughs) or whatever that. You know, that's actually kind of a funny Christopher Guest connection with this movie because it has Parker Posey Posey, and that other guy. Yes. Uh, I know. No, the, the lawyer from Arrested Development. Right. I'll go hide behind that couch. Yeah, I don't know that guy's name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. And he, he seems, oddly enough, seems ageless. Yeah. Like a vampire he looks- in everything. <laughs> he looks the exact same, same quaffed hair. Everything about him is the same. So I was so excited to watch this movie. I was in love with Jessica Biel at the same age, and I found out she was in the third one. So I lied and told my close friend Alex, who I had made plans with, that I was getting home a day later so I could come home a night early and just make a night of me watching Blade Trinity by myself because wow. I was so that excited to see it. blew off a friend. I did, just for Blade Trinity. It was, and then the next day, I mean, he probably also wouldn't have watched it with me just because... Uh, yes, taste. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever his excuse was. Uh, so I... Uh, that was my original passion for this movie. I watched it. That was my favorite Blade movie at the time. And I think might still be after rewatching it last night. I had so much fun with this movie. 
I still say my favorite is one after watching yeah. all of these because one it was all fresh like all yeah. the weird stuff about yeah. it and then it just felt like I was getting hit with the same stuff again and again with new characters that were like okay like I feel like this movie exists in a world in which the first two movies never happened. Yes, I agree. Because because the first movie had such a cool world, like the world building of the vampire, you know, community was cool, and it had that like the same aesthetic. I think that Batman Forever was trying to have. Yes, with Gotham. Yeah. Where, you know, everything's like kind of glowy and like when they tell the doctor, oh, yeah, like the world's taken over by these vampires. You just don't know it. And then you kind of see like the underbelly, the cool clubs, the loft with like the shutters down. And then they tried to take it and, and make it more European in the second one, which, you know, worked for it. It was trying to be a European monster movie yeah. in these catacombs, which I think worked for it. And then the third movie, just everything was too well lit. It was Every, very bright compared to the, the other one. They're at the bottom of a pyramid, and it's too well lit. I yeah. just I, I, like the, the tone was kind of gone. I think well, one I don't like this happened two years after the second one, and it seems to me after rewatching all three of these, if you weren't to tell me the dates these were released, I would say there is a ten year gap in between CGI from yeah, two and three. The CGI Agreed, was the yeah. craziest difference. Like just yeah. the way the yeah. skeletons and stuff were exploding into fire. Was it so looks much like better. A, it looks like a modern film. Like it looks like it came yeah. out a couple years ago. I don't ago. know what happened there with the like I bet they had a huge budget and it probably did not. I think that's probably what it was because this came out after X-Men. This came out in 2004, so this is after X2. Yeah, so I think it was because X-Men was such a hit. They're like, let's throw all the money at Blade 3. Well, also, so the budget for this was $65 million, and then the box office was $132 million, which is interesting because that's pretty close to the last two. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think it might have just been Star Power that sold this movie. Yeah, Jessica I Biel mean, they, was very hot at the time, and Ryan Reynolds, you know, Natasha Lyonne, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really bringing the heat. I, <laughs> I mean, just okay, just to kick it off, they go into a pyramid. Yes. Or, okay, even before that, let's rewind. The opening <laughs> monologue Ryan Reynolds gives this film yeah. makes no sense. <laughs> I also have a note on this because he, he okay. says w- w- something about, like, it's not like you see in the movies. And I hate it <laughs> yeah. when movies do that. When they're like, it's not like the movies. Yeah. This time it's real. It's like, shut the fuck up. That's not clever. That's been done so many times. What if he said? What if he also said people only use ten percent of their brains? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it won't tell you this in movies. It, and it was just nonsensical. <laughs> He's saying like Dracula ain't the guy you see on the cereal boxes or in the movies. Yeah, it he was goes, very noir. It start, and then he goes like it started with Blade, and that's the and here's the rest. Like what? It, it was not even a sentence. It, it sounds started like with they, Blade and it ended with Blade is what he said. Which also it didn't start with Blade because he was his mother was bitten by other vampires. Yeah, it, it really it doesn't make any sense. I think they just probably needed Ryan. They paid Ryan Reynolds for a certain amount of like quips and <laughs> yeah. jokes, and he didn't make the quota. So like, he was let's probably just throw pretty, that in. I bet he. I mean, Blade is not a very verbose protagonist. So obviously, like if you get the wordsmith Ryan Reynolds, you and you you know you have him. You use what he has in his arsenal. Well, and I feel like they. Wesley Snipes wanted Blade to be like they. Blade was like trying to be Ryan Reynolds in this movie. 
Uh, he's like, he's like, that's right, motherfucker. Like he's he's trying to make jokes. I and the best blade is him just stoically walking into a room and killing everyone in there. That's oddly enough, oddly enough, Liam, that you mention it, he has less than one hundred lines of dialogue in this movie, including one word lines. It's he, but that's still him talking and twice his, as much his, as he did in one or two. His kill count is also the least of any of these three movies. <sighs> at forty-two. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I will say the consistent part about this trilogy is the movie always starts off right in the heat of it, right? Yeah, and I like that Straight a lot. to the action, immediate kills. But in the first movie, I feel like he kills more humans than he does vampires. Uh, like all the familiars. He's killing a lot of familiars because yeah. there isn't as much effects. I think they did that to cut down on effects. Yeah. And in this movie... He kills a person, and it's the first time we ever see the perspective of law enforcement, which not a fan of. <laughs> and they're like, this guy's killing people. And I'm like, what was the first movie? The whole first movie was him killing droves of just regular humans that wanted to be vampires. <laughs> but And nobody cared. Yeah. But it made sense in the world that vampires own the police so they wouldn't dig into crimes related to vampire familiar deaths. I really So like, why are they doing it in this movie? I really like the idea of the FBI hunting down Blade and how the vampires pulled a fast one on him and made him murder a human and got it on tape. But, I thought... I love all this. So also, far. in that sequence, though, he has, like, the headlights which shine light into the car in front of him. The UV light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then the familiar is also dodging that light to such a degree that he crashes the car. The UV light wouldn't have hurt him. He could have. But may- he was trying to sell it though, yeah. because he. But is it worth Blade. it to crash the car to sell it? Yes, he's trying. I don't to think send it is. Blade. He ended up dying. He ended up yeah. getting stabbed with a metal spike. He clearly didn't care if he lived or died. I don't. Right, he said, well, that I thought one. that the whole point of the apparently the whole point of the operation was. To have him caught killing a man, which yes. he has done several times. <laughs> also, but they never got it on tape. We're not even going through the, the beginning, which is – okay, first off, they go to an ancient pyramid, a group yes. of vampires with par- led by Parker Posey. Yes. They turn. They throw glow sticks down there. Um, vampires can see in dark. They mention it in the second film, in the sewers. I don't have night vision like you guys. But Why are you using can. glow sticks? Okay, there's just a lot of inconsistencies in this movie. <laughs> and as someone that just binged two of them before watching this one, it's upsetting to see the lack of care. Um, and then, well, so can I, before you go further in, can I explain why there may be a quote lack of care? Okay. So the first, so David S. Goyer is the director of this movie. And Writer he, of The Dark Knight? He, is, he wrote, well, that was the interesting thing. He wrote this movie entirely by himself. He okay. has also written all three, co-written all three of the Nolan Batman trilogy with Christopher Nolan and Christopher Nolan's brother. So I was looking at like, what has this guy done to do this? And he's clearly like a writer because his other director accolades are uh, straight to DVD movies. And he's only done mm. two other ones aside from this. Well, I don't know if you guys noticed. I know I might be jumping, but there is like a similar setting to... Uh, the Dark Knight, which yeah. kind of stood out to me, and and then a similar ploy from Batman Begins. That's why I thought tr- Jordan would love it. Yeah, it, it would. Uh, they, yeah, they do the the parking spiral from the Dark Knight, and then the dropping uh, on the tether. From I feel Batman like he Begins. just gave this script to Christopher Nolan, and he's like, that's, edit it. That's what I think. He re, he <laughs> repackaged his favorite moments from Blade Trinity. Um, so he has also written Batman vs Superman, 
Man of Steel, Terminator Genesis, or sorry, Terminator Dark Fate, and then all three Blade movies. Dark Jump. Fate was the newest one, right? Dark Fate was the most recent one, which yeah. I did not see. Yeah, I heard uh, mixed things. I heard pretty bad things, but yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, and then he also wrote the movie Jumper. Anyone remember Jumper from... Uh, yeah, Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen. Phenomenal film. It's like a teleporting... Uh, I. That's all I remember, but I think that's the premise of the movie. He's a teleporting misfit who has now grown up into, uh, like, like I guess a nostalgic, you know, guy that wants to go back and bang his high school sweetheart, and then, <laughs> you know, finds out that he's being hunted by Samuel L. Jackson, and okay. then the guy who played the thing in the new Fantastic Four is another jumper, and he's just trying to kill Samuel Jackson. Okay, well that sounds. You know, like we could do a future up on that. I Who knows? love that movie. We're pretty <laughs> scarce on content. Uh, so anyway, Liam, you may resume. They are excavating the pyramid. But also, may I say Dracula is the villain? Chef's kiss. What a brilliant idea to, to round out this. And they trilogy. call him Drake. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh. Uh, so any notes about this opening sequence, Jordan? Uh, my see- only note was that Parker Posey was in it, and I love Parker Posey. I, all right. So, and I do want to ask you to, because you love, you're a big Logue head, Donald Logue mm-hmm. from the first one. And I assume you almost have the same amount of uh, love for Ron Perlman from two. And nope. then uh, Parker Posey, you also love. Yes, would Parker you, Posey, would, yes. Ron Perlman, no. Would you rank all three of those side characters? Definitely Donald Logue, number one. Parker Posey, second. Ron Perlman, like an eighth out of three. So you, so you don't think three is better than two, even though... Mm, I might, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I, that's if I do, it's like... It, they're not competing... Like, they're not even close to competing for one. Okay, interesting. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah. win you over. Give it time. Like they, They're uh, kind of tied for bronze, and no one gets a silver. That's <laughs> kind of, You know, I'm kind of upset at that. I think there's a clear <laughs> order, and it is the order in which they are released. Or, I don't know, I still think two, two might be more entertaining than one in my eyes, but... I think it gets three, I, two, I, I think the second that... Oh, so, so Parker Posey's crew, yeah. they revived Dracula... Yes. But they're like, oh, well, our plan was to get Dracula to go kill Blade. But then they have a completely unrelated plan that involves him murdering a human and framing him by the police. So that way they can go into FBI custody and then kill him there. Well, because Dracula wh- was being very stubborn. He did not oh, want to contribute. Also, was, what if that guy just died in the car accident and Blade didn't have to get out and like publicly kill him like that? Then they'd they'd send more pawns at him. <laughs> yeah, they have it, infinite resources. And how many times do they have to kill Whistler in this <laughs> yeah. franchise? That was devastating. Bringing yeah. him back in the second one, I, I thought in the second one he'd have more of a plot too. But and then this one, it's just. Oh, uh, I guess I have a daughter that is also the lead of another vampire killing troop that I didn't want you to know about. <laughs> yeah, and was so she was so originally in... originally she was supposed to play a relative of Van Helsing, and then the movie Van Helsing came out around the same time. So David Goyer said, uh, "No, we're just going to say it's Whistler's daughter." Which that not not, is... not his daughter, his other daughter, his other not daughter. the one that was killed. Correct. See what what a better twist of her actually being the daughter that survived. There's just it was just without care. Uh, there's I don't well if you do that then you kind of run the risk of like because Whistler like 
How many times is Whistler going to die? Is he really dead? How many times is his daughter going to die? Is she really dead? I almost like this better. I mean, it runs though. in the family, it seems. <laughs> yeah, surviving. Surviving uh, vampirism. Chris Christopherson yeah. was originally not supposed to be in any other past one, but he was such a fan favorite that they kept him and asked him. I, like, I liked him. He, he was I think, great. I think they should have... It almost seemed like they were going down a path in Blade 2 where they bring up that, you know, Norman Reedus is like, no one gets over the thirst in a day. Yeah. Never touches it again that <laughs> Whistler was a vampire and they cured him and there's no lasting effects. Yeah. Just completely move on. He ended up pretty okay. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I lo- and also Dexter's father, Harry Morgan, is head of the FBI. This movie was made for me. I really am enjoying everything I'm seeing so the, far. The, the dialogue between everybody in the police station was so poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not a director. He's a writer. He wrote good dialogue that he couldn't execute in real time. Yeah, it was. it was just... If that's how the FBI and cops operate when they capture a vampire hunter, like <laughs> we're doomed as a species. <laughs> um, did, and did so? What did you both think of like the raid? Did you think that was badass? Well, where uh, breaking Chris into Christopherson the is is murdering policemen? No, pre- before that, when Whistler dies, when he's murdering innocent police. <laughs> when Whistler, well, they're, I mean, they're trying to expose Blade. It, it's, it completely changed his character. The guy becomes a murderer and, like, not murdering vampires. It's different when you thought that the vampires control the police. Once you learn that they're, again, completely changing the world of this movie, this, these are just innocent men following orders to kill or to capture a murderer. The guy murdered a human. <laughs> yeah, but he was set up, and the world needs to see it. How was he set? He was not set up. He just was mur- Like He's still killing people, even if they're vampires. It's still murder. I don't it is vigilante Ooh. justice, 100%. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. He's outside the law, and he, look what he's wearing. The guy's wearing like a trench coat with a hole specifically designed for a sword. Like If that guy was walking around in daylight, you'd be like, fucking arrest this guy r- r- ASAP. <laughs> he's begging for trouble. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does have a big sword on his back. Yeah. And several guns. Uh, I I mean, I think Whistler's most iconic line in the entire... I've said the word iconic a lot this time. It must be my word of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the best line that he says during this podcast... Uh, podcast? Sorry, during, during this podcast, <laughs> what I'm about to say during this podcast... Is his best line uh, in the movie. Is his best line in the movie. Uh, but now it's in the, the podcast. When the cop says, don't move a finger, and he says, how about this one? And holds up his middle finger and then hits the detonator. <laughs> that was so badass. He did immediately Chris text me. So, so badass that I will <laughs> I never did, see his, fa- his wife and kids again, right? He gets to be with his wife and kids. No, the guy that just was trying to arrest a, like a convicted I'm murderer. Pretty like sure, the, like, I'm pretty sure he was a pedophile. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> the guy was innocent. He just was trying to do his job. And this and the Whistler just murders so many people without Does, any remorse. I mean, they were trying to hunt down, you know. They were trying to ruin what Blade and Whistler had. Oh they also God. could have been vampires. You never know. I do think... I mean, pretty much uh, every bad guy is in these movies. Is either yeah. a, a vampire or familiar, so... After, after, like, the first two movies, I would just be like... Fuck it, they're all vampires. I think I would like. That's not, what I'm saying. Not, but that's what that, that's what the first movie made the world seem, and it was scary because I, you didn't know who was where. But it did seem like everyone, like there was always the vampires' hands were in every like you know system. 
I think they this were the was Illuminati. Te- I think this was more of a yeah, except for without to- illumination because they can't stand the sun. Exactly. Very, very well pointed. Uh, lunar <laughs> naughty. <laughs> yeah. Lunar naughty. We'll work on workshop that. Uh, I think this movie is actually more of a stance, kind of like in Logan. Hugh Jackman is too old to be Wolverine, and he doesn't care about a lot of shit he used to. Uh, Blade is getting too old to be Blade, and there are young people kind of taking over his role, and he's just like, I don't give a fuck who's a vampire, who's not anymore. I can't keep doing this, man. And I think that's, you know, what kind of makes this film more art than the other two. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> wholeheartedly? <laughs> it's so far away from it. Like, I, it's, it's trying to be so many different things. We haven't even gotten to Ryan Reynolds' role yet. We haven't Which even is, talked about his character. The best Which thing about just, Ryan Reynolds is how freaking shredded he is in this. He, <laughs> Everything else he is, is like, immaculate. <laughs> he gained 25 pounds of muscle. For this really movie, okay for this well, honestly like and i know i might be jumping ahead here i think this movie was just like sponsored by ryan reynolds crotch how many <laughs> scenes like are just like talking about either ryan's reynolds dick or yeah. showing like the tattoo on like that crotch yeah. shot you see you yeah. see pews why yeah you're basically seeing ryan reynolds dick 50 percent of this movie why do you get tattooed there yeah. why is that it's where the vampires are like jokes, you gotta put it here 50 percent ryan reynolds dick that's I mean, what blade trinity is vampire movies are very phallic like just by nature vampires love fucking it's just, it's just, just ryan reynolds though I mean, Ryan you have Reynolds. Jessica Biel standing there the whole movie. Not a single like the most thing they sexualize about Jessica Biel is her iPod. Okay. Oh, yeah, she's baby right, driver so... in this one with her <laughs> yeah. iPod and her MP3. She is, I also like they she... specifically call out that they're MP3s. She likes to listen yes. to MP3s when she's <laughs> fighting. <laughs> yes. I mean, if you were in 2004 and the MP3 was just invented, how would you want to market it? So iPod couldn't, you know, win. She doesn't listen to CDs because CDs skip while she's fighting. <laughs> but MP3s don't have that problem. I will say my absolute, my absolute least favorite part of this entire movie, by a large margin, was the contents of Jessica Biel's MP3 player. The, every uh, really song just on that it was so. Un- I'm like, what is this? This isn't even like, like it's just like. It wasn't like the first one had like kind of dance music, kind of like shitty vampire orgy dance music. And I could kind of be like, all right, that's aesthetically. This is just so drone droll and it just boring. Every song she listened to. I'm like, how does she murder people to this? And also it's the same year or a year apart. Ben Affleck Daredevil came out and he's listening to Evanescence and Seether the whole time. He's kicking ass. So yeah, I mean, he, he's that's, you know, I don't want to go on a tangent there. <laughs> But I, I just hate everything about the humans fighting vampires the same way Blade does because the whole point of Blade is the reason he can go toe-to-toe with these vampires is because he is a vampire. He's wearing the sunglasses because his eyes are sensitive to light. They're just wearing this shit because they think they look cool. Sunglasses uh, at night are not for Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds. It's for Blade. Yeah. I, they, like, I don't know why like, – why, I have nothing against strong women characters going toe-to-toe with men characters, but vampires are supposed to be stronger, faster, everything. Why is she able to kick their ass so easily without any superhuman enhancements? Like Black Widow in Infinity War when she fights like one of the four, whatchamacallits? The Dark Order. Yeah. Remember that? 
where she goes toe to toe with him, even though they're deities, with and Proxima she's just Midnight. a lady. She goes toe to toe with Proxima Midnight, and she has a really strong, you know, battalion or like nunchucks or whatever uh, that have like you know power to them. And then Proxima Midnight is strong herself. She just has like an average weapon. Uh-huh. It aver- the what the strength averages out between the two of opposing forces. Nope. Proxima Midnight was like nine feet tall. She was like an <laughs> avatar alien she <laughs> i don't think she was nine ripped. feet tall she was she was tall she was she was a unit she was as tall as captain america mm, i don't when know maybe maybe i'm misremember side. maybe i'm just thinking about avatar never mind i've seen this movie 12 times liam okay fine i'll give you that <laughs> i also have another comment about Endgame that i saw someone mention recently if you want to hear that hot take okay well i mean good luck ruining the best movie of the 21st so century in infinity war Tony's fighting Thanos. Correct. And he, he hits him and he draws blood. Yes. And Thanos has four infinity stones at the time. Yeah. And at the end of Endgame, past yeah. Thanos comes to the future with no infinity stones. And yes. he takes on Cap- all three of the main Avengers, Captain America, Thor, Thor who's now all souped up after Thor Ragnarok, and Tony, with the best technology he's ever had, it takes all three of them to defeat him sans any Infinity Stones. I will say, <clears throat> one, Thanos came to their home turf and literally blew it up. So they were kind of shaken by like, oh, fuck, like a bomb just went off. Uh-huh. So they have that against them. Also, 2014 Thanos is super, like he's, 2018 Thanos is tired of looking for these stones. He's older. He is aged But he has terrible. four stones. Uh, yeah. I, That's why I, he I, won. I, I, th- I think, okay, Not to, I don't want to give this more w- water than it needs right now. <laughs> but So I always took it as, okay, yeah, they're at the peak of Thanos' fighting prime. Like, he's yes. still going to planets, like, washing half. With a half, sword. He's washing, killing people with a washing, sword. Washing half their population. And I think it's more of a testament showing how strong, like, he didn't need the stones. He could have. Yeah like bodied Iron Man any day of the week without them. Yes. So I think it's a testament to showing how strong he was. Just, you know. But then he I should have bodied him even harder with four stones. Like, that should have been such an enhancement. I think it shows that he was reserving his strength. Like, he wasn't even using the stone. Like, yeah, he was using the stones to, like, you know. I think it was... <sighs> he was mostly just using them for, like, power. He wasn't, like, using the reality stone to kind of, like, you know, trick Tony into thinking. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, also... Tony just had a planet thrown at him and all of his He was almost friends using were... them as deterrence. Like, he didn't really want to kill Tony Stark. I think, until... honestly... All right, Jordan, let me let me shoot you a hypothetical. And okay, we're, one... okay, guys, guys, guys. Blade Trinity. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We this haven't one might... even talked about Ryan Reynolds' character. <laughs> no, we will talk about Ryan Reynolds. Jordan, let me just throw this one at you, a hypothetical real quick. You, me, and Liam. Uh-huh. Obviously... Uh, well, you, I guess you can be Iron Man in this, and then I'll be Cap, just for the sake of the I'll argument. I would rather be Captain America. I know, but the roles are reversed for the sake of this argument. All right, so if you... and All right, so I'm Captain America, Liam's Thor, so we're both in Wakanda right now in the events of Infinity War. And you are going toe-to-toe with Thanos because Star-Lord fucked up the plan and everyone else is kind of out. You're bopping him. Are you going to use 100% of your strength against Thanos mano-a-mano? Of course. Okay, great. But now gonna I'm do? gonna I'm gonna hold back, even though the world is still in danger. I'm gonna be like, because you got two gods, you got me and you got me and Liam on your side. No sweat. I'll just die later, but not try my hardest <laughs> right now. 
He didn't know he was going to die. He was like, hey, you know, I don't need to go all out because that nearly killed me. Because last time I went all out against this guy, he stabbed me with my own arm. I'm not saying it's a movie brick. I'm just saying it's a little weird. It's a little like this is a a, I've said this before. It's a consistent problem. The MCU that power levels are kind of wonky. Like who's as strong as who when it all kind of just depends on what the movie needs. Well, that's kind of like uh, what the flash on CW does yeah. like he runs as fast as the plot needs to be yeah like and you know when he um, needs to travel through time and connecting yeah. it back to here ryan reynolds and he Jessica can travel Biel. through time but he can't like he always has to stop before he fights the villain like he has to run up to them and stop and be like hey you're the bad guy then fight them like you could have yeah. just stopped the, the crime from happening yeah, you could just blast um, it straight through them immediately you yeah. would never have seen it coming <laughs> instead he needs them to know it's the flash that's doing this to you um that. Yeah, which kind of reminds me back of the Flash, you know, shitty DC characters, Green Lantern, played by Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. So, okay. How come I feel like Ryan Reynolds' character, like the thing that he's great at is being meta as fuck? Yeah. He basically is a person that watched the first two Blades and isn't a fan of the movie, like, and was just now in one. And that is how he copes with his new prison. Which is just <laughs> quipping the shit out of Blade's universe. I think he was just auditioning like the whole time. He was just ready to be in Deadpool. He's like, "All right, Marvel, yeah, exa- exactly. That's his whole career. <laughs> his whole career, career is, is fourth wall breaks. Just like you never know. Like he's doing quips to get Blade to like him. Then he's making quips about Blade for him to get hated on. Like, and then he, think- he's like, "I don't think he likes me very much." It's like I don't think you like yourself very much. I think you, you're all over the all over the place with these jokes. I think Ryan Reynolds did an excellent job. I think the writing really he did not have a lot to work with. Like his lines are batshit crazy. Like some yeah. of them land very well. Like I I laughed out loud and I had a few beers, so I was in chuckle mode. But uh, at the end, where he, all the vampire dogs like run off the building, and he's like, "What?" The vampire comes in. That professional wrestler dude. Yeah, Triple H. Triple H. Yeah, he comes in. Uh, and he's like, what happened to my dogs? And Ryan Reynolds says, did you check the lobby? I lost my shit. I thought that was so funny. That was very generous of you. <laughs> yeah, that's overly kind. <laughs> that was, oh, and no one else? What, what, all right, what was everyone, since Liam wants to talk about Ryan Reynolds for a little bit, what's everyone's favorite Ryan Reynolds moment? My favorite moment movie? was just how jacked he was. Yeah, I loved, <laughs> I loved that everything was about pointing the camera towards Ryan Reynolds' dick. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they wanted they're like they're like ryan reynolds is gonna sell this movie what about um uh pat oswald how do we like him he wasn't as I, ripped. I like yeah he definitely was not as ripped not as good at basketball um that whole team was just too ragtag for its own good like why did, why did the computer expert need to be blind i'm all about you know disabled representation in film but why was it so important? Like, I thought it might come back later. Like, maybe there'd be a UV bomb that goes sympathy. off and then she would be protected. But I think no, you feel more sympathy just... for her when she dies. Like, oh, she was blind. She and had a daughter. She, she was already a mother. You could feel sympathetic for a mother, There's, but a blind a mother She died, expert? she's a mother, and she's blind. That's a triple whammy. I'm super sad after that. I also loved, like, she was more cute on time for when things were on the computer screen than anyone else. Like, they're trying to show, like... She's really good at being blind, though. <laughs> she's, she's like, check, she's like, check out this formula, boom, and then like throws it on the screen. It's like, yeah, I wonder if right, it was just like an error it. message popped up, but she doesn't know. And she's like confident, yeah. like, oh no, actually, the computer crashed like a minute ago. 
You just yeah. hitting the keyboard. There should have been a whole origin story, like you know, her father was Bill Gates, and he could only like raise her using Microsoft Windows. Like, so like that. Why, that's the reason why she was so good. Maybe it was, and it was cut from you know, this already busy movie. You have a lot of people to. Um, yeah, she needs her own origin movie. Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to do because usually at the end of these trilogies, pre MCU, they were really trying to turn the third one into like a big festival of heroes to see like all right god i hope one of these is popular it was supposed to be ryan reynolds for sure then yeah yeah Yeah. i mean and he was trying to be deadpool um but jessica beale uh i have i I did some research after looking this up i this fun fact is insane um jessica beale inadvertently destroyed a camera costing more than three hundred thousand dollars when she fired an arrow directly into the camera's lens she was directed to aim for the camera, which had a plexiglass shield in front of it to protect it, except for a small opening in front of the lens. Beale had perfected her archery skills while training for this role to such a degree that when she fired the arrow at a distance of 50 feet, the camera, as she was directed, uh, di- um, it, it hit the camera as she was directed. It went directly through the lens and into the camera itself, destroying it. That's, a- That's pretty badass. I mean, yeah. I, I just love that she's walking around daytime with a quiver and arrows on the back of her and no one stops or blinks an eye like just I mean, because if, she's wearing red leather. It's like, oh, she must be one of those famous vampire hunters I've been hearing about. <laughs> I mean, at some point, it, these all right, so think like how long's Blade been around? Six years at least it, cause based on movie chrono- chronology or is it shorter? Does less time? Wait, wait. Who do you think's a better archer? Hawkeye, the character, or Jessica Beale, the actress? <laughs> um, Beale by a mile. Has he ever shot a camera, though? Has the actor or has Hawkeye? Has Hawkeye. Not, n- never in the MCU. Yeah. I mean, there's no cameras in the so MCU. So body count he switched no to a sword by the end of the last movie, so who knows? Yeah, that's true. You did. Well, I mean, he used a couple arrows in uh, the big fight at the end. Yeah. It all comes back to Endgame. Always does. Um, Also, uh, so Guillermo del Toro was asked to come back and direct this movie, which I think would have been That would have been so good. It would have been like The Shape of Water, but with Blade. (laughs) That would have been truly incredible. The Shape of Blood. Um, uh, But Hellboy got the green light, so he went to do that, which was his dream. Um, Also... This is the first movie, I noticed this, uh, to feature the Marvel logo at the front. That Yeah, I, I noted that because I was like, oh, wow. Cause I, and that's what made me immediately think this must have came out after X-Men. Because I feel like this wasn't, well, it wasn't as two. developed as a brand. Like the Marvel brand wasn't really in front of, uh, like, you know. I don't even Blade. think it was mentioned or showed once in the other two no, movies. not at all. Blade 2, Blade 2 um, came out after X-Men and Spider-Man 1. So I'm thinking also, and then Spider-Man Two came out right before this. So yeah. I'm thinking that they, at at some point, like due to the incredible popularity of these movies, um, they're like, all right, if we put the Marvel logo in front of it, we will definitely sell more. Can we can we talk about Dracula and how yes. I, I love I love the actor villain. who plays Dracula because of Prison Break. Yes. Uh, Lincoln. Yeah. I kept on waiting for. Uh, Michael Schofield, I forgot the actor's name, Warwick Murray or something. I sure. forget. His... I know him as Michael Schofield as well. Yeah, he's a cool you... name. <laughs> uh, in real cool. life, I, I forget, but 
Uh, yeah, I I love the insanity of Dracula's character. Yes, I love that one. It's the end of the trilogy, so you got to go full circle and kill the original vampire. I think yeah. again, that's brilliant, brilliant writing. Uh, and then the actor himself was just yeah, kind of a a nut, but like a he had a lot of swagger. His head was when like he a stole brick. the baby. I was crying laughing, like I couldn't yeah. stop laughing when he just. <laughs> He took my baby, and he just has the baby, and I'm just like, this is too good. Um, but <laughs> I, I feel like they, should, they they have Dracula as an ant, like the main villain, and then they still are messing around with Parker Posey and her misfit crew. Like, I feel like just use. Well, Dracula. Ryan Reynolds needs some people to to fight around because he's going to be, you know, they're setting him up for his own franchise, and he needs to be able to beat a big bad. And obviously, he can't defeat Dracula because that's what Blade has to yeah, do. Yeah, this movie yeah, was but, more, but he didn't defeat any. But the, the virus got them all right. I mean, what? He yeah, and the Triple virus H. worked well, instantly, which didn't make any sense. That's not how viruses work. Yeah, and also it ma- they made it seem like vampires. it'd be more of a plot point that the virus would affect Blade again. Never. Anytime anything's touched on with the serum, the blood, hunger, anything, it's never touched on. Yeah, I think the movie <laughs> would think... have been better if they did less with the crews. Like, because you had Dracula and a crew that he didn't even care about, and then Blade and a crew that he also kind of didn't care about. He didn't give a shit <laughs> like, about it. Yeah, you want... Blade vs. Dracula is a better like movie. I, I love when Jessica Biel's like walking through the, the hangout with all the dead like team members, and he's like, use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that it. was so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was so stoic about it. That was Jordan. That doesn't give you like, like I think you could Oscar keep, hype. You could keep Oscar buzz. Uh, Jessica Biel's character, and she's and great. You could maybe keep one of the vampire Parker yeah, Posey, par, probably Parker yeah. Posey. Although Triple H was pretty badass. Yeah. But again, you, you just H have him fight funny. Blade. He was just like a funny comedic vampire. Like he's the way the guy. I'm blanking on his name. Um, the, from the first movie, just like the vampire guy that's constantly getting hurt. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, I lost my arm again and all that stuff. Oh, Donald Logue. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The first one was Stephen Dorff was a great villain. I thought he was – I liked all of his scenes. I thought he owned the role. I don't know because there was more mysticism to it. Like he was cold, calculated. There's a lot of history there. Was it this one where they're like going through the archives or is that the second movie? That's – with the giant, yeah. See again, two had great set pieces. I don't, yeah, like, well, that's Guillermo. Yeah, like, I can't. I can't think of like a single scene from this movie where I was like, that was really well done. Because the action scene in the beginning with all the flashing lights, you don't even see any of the action. I feel like the, the whole. You see him use that knife that has a chain attached to it. That was really cool. Yeah, you see I got, that yeah. Jordan. You see the knife chain. I don't remember his the new knife weapon. Chain. Is that was that in the first <laughs> half? Because so it was. It was in the first yeah. ten minutes. Okay. It's been. <laughs> And then he goes to Whistler, and he's like, this worked really well. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm really – I love uh, these characters at this point. I've come to know and love them over three movies. Uh, <laughs> you, don't when, know, you don't know any of the other characters but Blade. No, I'm talking about Blade and Whistler. I'm talking okay. about Blade. Oh, okay. and, I, I have a passion for Blade and Whistler. And that's why, like, when the FBI is breaking in, I'm like, you know what? I haven't been on this ride with the FBI for three movies. I've been on this ride with Blade and Whistler, and I will ride or die with them. They probably, if they're going to blow up the FBI, FBI they probably have. They kill. (laughs) I mean, they probably have a good reason. I mean, the FBI. It it seemed like need needless murder. I I I think. Well, that just might be because David Goyer wrote 
uh, Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman, which all the heroes in both of those movies don't give a fuck about collateral damage. Why? Maybe... Why? Why did he have to go to all the computers to individually wipe the hard drives when he was just going to blow up the entire fucking building anyway? Because they could find a hard drive. I don't. Find, it's the bomb's it's just, not reliable. Maybe this movie I mean... was all over the fucking place it didn't know what it wanted to be it was trying to be a comedy trying to be like a buddy team up like they're trying to do like dramatic moments they i feel like they always showed the same flashback of whistler explaining how his family died throughout all three movies yeah and it's like they did it in front of me and i'm like this is the third time we've seen this exact clip of whistler like in the the you know their i guess their auto shop just telling the same story and then they edit jessica beale as if like he told the same story to her like yeah ah, it was just so fucking stupid so the original premise for this movie which the producer or the studio said was too dark uh was that this takes place several decades after um the events of two and vampires have slowly taken over the world and you get more of an old man blade type deal and see that would have been sick he's in for one final fight to take down all vampire kind so you would have, Jordan. What's your? What's your I don't know why that, that would be too morbid. That doesn't seem any more morbid than what we got. Well, this was all in the daytime. That sounds like a bleak future. Mm. Also, what do studio execs know? Nothing. <laughs> They've proven that routinely. <laughs> um, also, this is the first or the first Blade movie with the post-credit scene. Did anyone watch it? No, I was no. not aware. I didn't I know did, there was a stinger. I did not know there was a stinger either. Uh, and then I, while doing research right before this podcast, I Googled uh, Blade post-credit scene, and it is just 15 seconds of him driving in his car, which was the end of the first, uh, or the very end of the movie before the credits. So it was kind of unnecessary and they're just like you have to throw in one and they're like all right chop up this this that's completely unnecessary bit. yeah it's just i guess him driving so we know that he survived seconds. but we already knew that we already knew that because yeah. he drove off into the, the the distance and are all vampires dead now they got the disease well they, well they said but they made it seem like oh yeah if we do this it's like airborne and all of them will die yeah. but no it, it doesn't seem like that's the case and Ryan Reynolds was like his end monologue was just like it start or he was like it started with Blade ended with Blade but the war never ends. Yeah, I was like, like what oh, is he still so... fighting? I thought the disease did everything cuz the disease <laughs> yeah. he's fight, also the disease he's was fighting like a the weird FBI cloud. like what is that cloud supposed to spread over the entire earth? I mean, did COVID? But person to person, that's not how this did it. This was just like one omniscient think... floating gas thing. No, I bet like moved people... instantly from person to person, and also killed instantly, which really would hurt its transmission rate because someone couldn't get on a plane and then fly with it because they would just die immediately. So it wouldn't make it across an ocean. Okay, so that's a good point. So Blade does have to go down and kill the remaining vampires, even though he is. I mean, he could be a carrier. Like this virus could attach to humans and then it just kills all vampires. Like if they're in breathing radius. And then he just goes, you know, to Tokyo and all these other exotic locations. So it's just a travel log. Yeah, I, I like point. I like that each movie, like they, because they mention it in Blade One, where he goes, they have to break down their operation and move cities based on, you know, because they, they can't just be murdering everybody everywhere, right? They need to like Correct. keep it localized, and once they ingrain themselves in a 
society, like then they're in control. So mm. I, I understood that. And then in this movie, it just seems like there is no structure. There seemed to be a hierarchy in one or two. And then this one is just Parker Posey's got a crew. What, like there was what? no link. There's no link to like, oh, they're pure blood. Yeah, there was or, no council. Like the first yeah, there's no council there. There was like I understand like so. Steven Dorf kills the council on the first one, but that's like a complete. It, it seemed like that was a completely different cell of vampires from the second movie, which was like more European. Like that guy looked like Nosferatu more than a, like you know a vampire, which I thought was kind of cool. Like the guy is so old. He that then you start looking more decrepit the longer you stay a vampire, and then in this they just seem to. Throw all that shit out the window. All the cool stuff I thought about these movies was just removed and replaced with Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel. Also, and there a was blind that, Natasha Leone. <laughs> there was that scene where they went to the uh, building where all the homeless people were being drained. Oh of yeah, blood. the blood. Also, bank. those homeless yeah. people looked to be in pretty good shape because it's like the whatever they all, mannequins they, all they used were bad. all ripped. <laughs> yeah, it's like these are supposed to be homeless people. But have you tried being an extra in Hollywood? But it was still like, what was the point of that scene? Like, if you take that scene out, does the movie lose anything at all? There, there I was, think, yeah, there was that's that's out of the comics, and like they did chase that guy, like they loosely related it to the plot because they were chasing down that one FBI guy, mm-hmm. um, well, who ended up and it also running it reminds me of a different horror movie I've seen. I can't remember the name of it right now. Daybreakers. It will. Spring Breakers. No, Daybreakers. It, it was there was a vampire movie in which I don't think this is I don't think the one I'm talking about was vampire. I think it was like a sci-fi from like the 70s. Okay, never yeah, mind. It's, it's some weird I I can't and it's like like a dystopian people are like somehow I don't know, but it was it was very the imagery was very Logan's similar. Run. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't like it was Soylent Green. Yeah, I don't know. I I would try it, to google it, it but it's going to take a while, so I'm not going to it, it reminded me of the Matrix, like, you know, everyone. Yeah, in the pods. Pod. It reminded me yeah. of, like, Daybreakers, which is that Ethan Hunt vampire movie, which I, I kind of like. It's, 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 Ethan you know, Hunt? Ethan Hawk, sorry. Uh, I was thinking <laughs> e- of Ethan Mission Hunt, Impossible, Mission Impossible, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Tom Cruise is on the mind. Uh, no, uh, with Ethan Hawk and Willem Dafoe. Okay. But they have, like, a blood bank. Like, basically, the premise is, is they do what that part of Blade, like... They put a bunch of people in these like blood banks and are just harvesting them. But then there's like too much of a demand for blood. There's too many vampires. So like then it's just people start going, you know, vampires start going like crazy because they don't have enough blood. And, you know, it goes down another a couple of different paths. Not so, as many as Blade 3 tries to go down. But. <laughs> how how would you rank the uh, initial appearances of both Abigail Whistler and Hannibal King. Who do you think made, like, as you're watching this for the first time, who do you see on screen and you're like, I want to get to know this guy or this gal? You know, because I had no knowledge of how much I would grow to hate Ryan Reynolds' character in this movie. I thought, (laughs) I like, because obviously my bias due to liking Deadpool, it almost seems like Deadpool exists in this world now. Because, like, the name tag, like, hello, fuck, my name is fuck you. Like, okay, yeah. classic Ryan Reynolds, goofster. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I definitely just have a crush on Jessica Biel, you oh, know, absolutely. ever since, like, Seventh Heaven. I was like, I'm, you know, fuck you, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Taking that yeah. shit for granted. I went through that phase as well, my friend. Uh, Jordan, who's your favorite uh, Jessica-named celebrity? Mm, Alba. 
But Beal's a close uh, second. A close second. I don't know. How do you? I, actually, they did originally. Uh, they the first promo for this movie highlighted Jessica Alba or said that Jessica Alba was in it and not Jessica Biel, and they quickly removed that from the media. Whoops! But that trailer, I like how you had that. It's almost like you predicted Jordan's top Jessica for no, that fun I did fact. That, he segued. I mean, how many <laughs> Jessicas could he? Oh, I was so hyped I actually, to see Jessica Alba in this when the trailer first came out, and then when it didn't, I was like, I'm gonna wait. 15 years before I watch this now. Do you think they'll oh. ever like uh, what, Christopher Plummer her in to the movie? Like if Jessica Biel gets canceled? Wait, what? Oh, uh, what? Not for Blade. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, yeah, they're you... just deep fake another celebrity's face over Jessica Biel. That's going to be the future. That technology has to exist at some point. Like, what they have happen. they have it's called deep fakes I, it's scary no, yeah as hell. i know i know but how soon before you think people will like go into blade trinity and edit out certain actors to be portrayed by other actors well yeah, just for I memes think it, it'll be first yeah before they use i, I think it's stuff. better if you have like like let's say if you had okay you want to replace like jessica be with margot robbie or something like, if you had, like, a full, like, 3D, like, basically what they did for that game, uh, Death Stranding, where you yeah. just go sit around all those cameras and capture every angle of your face in different lighting, I'm sure that would make that job easier. I think it could be done today. It's just, it would just take a lot of time and money. Yeah. I'm waiting for the day where it's mass production. Anybody You're just going to edit yourself into every Marvel film? Oh, that would be, I mean, I am... That's the dream, man. right? Like, like re-edit an entire uh, an Avengers cut with you and all your friends. As That's, the characters. Yeah, no, absolutely. That'd and, be pretty funny. And I, then we kind of do like a, a cameo service, like you know, like. That's that's my birthday gift. All of my friends and me are we send like an Avengers greeting to someone. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> that so so fe- okay. So what do you guys think about the future of Blade? I know Mahershala Ali. Is confirmed. I don't know if he's still confirmed he's, to do the role. Confirmed. But what he's do you very excited? What do you want to see? Like, I was trying to think. Like, what would be the best way to do the new Blade? Is it a series or a movie? It's definitely going to be a movie. Okay. I, I, I for some reason I figured it would be a series on like Disney Plus or something. No. Okay. Kevin Feige is like he's he has said little about it, but what he has said is definitive. And he's like Marshall. If I get an Oscar award winner, I'm going to use him in a movie. The movie will happen. And that's why it was kind of just inconvenient timing for him to announce Phase 4. And then, like, a week before that press conference where they announced Phase 4, Maharshal um, yeah. called him up. And he's like, uh, hey, I want to be Blade. Can you announce it at this thing? And Kevin Feige's like, yeah, I don't want to lose this opportunity. I really hope that they, they don't do, like, a soft reboot. and they. I hope they do something new, but I hope they stick to the, the stuff that made Blade cool, which was... The well orchestrated combat scenes in the first yes. movie, everything was a little slow. Yeah. Um, but then in the second one, like I feel like they just like they knew how to do it. They knew how to. They got better choreography, and I mean Donnie Yen was in it. Yeah. Um. So right. I'm sure that he that. oversaw like everything that went on as far as stunts mm-hmm. goes. So maybe like you know put a little more care into the combat, and I want to see more of like more of the world, the vampire world. And mm-hmm. the weapons that are used to kill them, because they—I don't think they like talk about like the use of garlic, how like the garlic's infused with his sword and all that stuff. Like I want, I love 
you know, the the gadgets in movies. I'm and I'm curious to see how this crosses over with other because, I mean, does Blade ever in? I mean, he will interact with other Avengers eventually, but it seems like he sticks really to vampires. So if Sony plays ball, you could get a Morbius uh, kind of crossover deal. Um, don't yeah, know if they'll fuck play that ball. though. I don't want Sony <laughs> touching anything in the MCU. It's already going to be ru- they're they're going to be the the ruiners. I don't know because I I've told you my multiple universe theory, right? I yeah, really but they're going to ruin it. I'm just saying Sony has a lot less to offer. They're like, oh yeah, Venom was just successful enough to not get us in trouble, so now let's claim <laughs> back Spider Man. Like, I'm trying to pull that 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 left a bad taste in my mouth with that partnership and. Now they want to like you know use Holland for their movies, whatever. I just hope that there's like a fine line, like don't maybe don't blend Morbius with Blade. Kevin Feige wouldn't let anything bad happen to any MCU character. Ever. We will see. Ant Man and the Wasp wasn't great. Yeah, what about the Wasp? What? It was just a bad movie in the MCU. That's my point. Yeah, it's not bad. It wasn't he's great. let bad things happen. He, he's he's let things slip through the cracks. I think. The worst MCU movie we get moving forward is like an Ant-Man and the Wasp caliber film. And I had a fun time watching yeah. that. It had good moments, but I'm just, it was not like, I don't know. It's no yeah. Civil War, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I just hope that they, you know, they do something cool with it. Maybe make it more stylized and not as like cookie cutter as like an origin story would be. Like, like I don't want to see a... And I guess Doctor Strange isn't the best example, but Doctor Strange kind of like the way they treated his character was like that of like, oh, and Captain Marvel. Like, I think the Captain Marvel sequel will be leagues above the first movie. I think that yeah. the only place they could go is up. I, sure. I just think that they need to, you know, get weird with stuff like the, the risk they took with the Guardians. Like or the Thor. fact that that worked. Yeah, with Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Get we- like not get weird, but just let directors do their thing with their characters. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they are in a really good place for all that to happen. Like, just the upcoming projects. I I have the utmost faith. Yeah, and make Blade, I get, make him stoic. I mean, obviously, I think Mahershal is a little better of an actor than Wesley Snipes. But, like... <laughs> but is he going to be play Blade? I mean, this is, again, Blade doesn't all need I to know talk. about Blade. He, he just needs to kick ass and take names. Yeah. Vampire but, names. But it's also... It's not going to be... <laughs> Dracula. Uh, yeah, is he yeah. going to be fighting and, and other people Buffy. at some point, like non-vampires? I, if he he would have to. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Just because, like, he's going to meet up with the Avengers. That's kind of not point. his deal. That's what I was just saying. Like, what is uh, what is the future of Blade? Like, after he, I mean, I'm sure he'll deal with almost exclusively vampire-related problems in the first one. But at some point, they'll be like, yo, Blade, come over. They, to they need to do like an X-Men first class cameo with Blade and not bring him in. I think it just needs to be like Blade is kind of in the same world. Like maybe like as a movie, an Avengers movie's happening, Blade's kind of in the background doing some other shit. So you shit. just don't want an origin story, it sounds like. I just want – just go – just – no, I don't, I don't want them to make – I don't want a cookie cutter Blade. Just because I'm sure that's what they're going to do. I'm sure right now they're talking like, how do we Black Panther Blade? I don't know. I'm. I really think that they have. What if they? Their... What if they made some beloved MCU side characters into vampires, like Ned from Spider Man? <laughs> he just he happens <laughs> that... to be a vampire now because vampires exist in the MCU. I definitely think that could happen. I mean, not with Ned specifically. Because what I about think with specifically Ned? Though? I think that'd be great. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I don't. 
Ned's a vampire, and Mahershala. Actually, no. Make Martin Star a vampire. That would be pretty. That'd be pretty cool. I'm trying to think of like characters that have died, or you know, characters that have died that would be cool to see come back. Not Loki style, just like kind of like a background Pat guy. Denning, she's be been gone a while. Funny. She could be a vampire now. Yeah. Pat Dennings <laughs> like, and Thor. She's gonna be in WandaVision. Hmm. She could I'm be a vampire. waiting for this show to fucking drop. Where are these Marvel TV shows? I'm... Falcon and Winter Soldier needs to come out first in chronological order. I can only rewatch Community so many times before. <laughs> You know, I'm like it ready has, for new content. It has uh, nine days left of filming to do, and they're going to start filming those nine days in Prague in September. And then once they're done with that, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they still say it's going to come out before the end of the year. All right. I'll be, I'll, I'll be patient. WandaVision, they're saying the same thing. This is a good segue, though, into a question I have for both of you. Uh, did everyone see the news about Mulan? No. What the fact that you have to pay on top it of a subscription re- service released to Disney Plus for the stream, the cost of the streaming service plus a thirty dollar fee. Thirty dollars. That's, that's where you got that. You uh, tweet or you texted me something. It was like, would you yes. pay thirty dollars to see Black Widow? Black. I did Widow. not know that was Correct. based on any real event. You thought it was ran- why? Why would I send that? No, to no. You I just thought I thought you were just like, would you pay extra money to see this? And I thought, huh, that'd be ridiculous to pay in addition to a streaming thing. That's why they're speculating. So Black Widow could go many ways. Maybe they will release it in theaters in November. Not likely at this point. Um, if Mulan, I think they're doing the Mulan launch as kind of a test to see if anyone is gullible enough to pay thirty dollars plus a subscription fee. Yeah, and. I bet a it's third just, of the people yeah. who who would have already paid for it like will do this, and then they'll make the same. I, mean, I guess their argument is that like you're paying for as much as it would be to get your family into the theater. That is their argument. But, yeah, it's it, also, it's a solid argument, but also Disney it doesn't need to be as greedy as it's being. Just make it, you know. I think, <laughs> and also considering like the bad PR surrounding the movie, I think there was something with like the lead actress during like the the Hong Kong protests, like came out defense of the government and there was like a lot of like shady shit going on with disney trying like to make sure that they're pleasing china and you know not upsetting you know winnie the pooh and <laughs> i it's it just there was a lot of shit surrounding the movie you think that they'd want to like come out on a good note not oh well we're also charging you 30 to see it on top of a stream because what's what's been out on like i know hamilton just came out so that was their big their big and thing the new uh beyonce lion king musical that just dropped. Wait, that was apparent. exclusively on Disney Plus as well? Yes. Correct. I didn't know that was a Disney Plus thing. Okay. That is. That's blowing up. Um, anyway, my question to you gentlemen, because I already know my answer. Will you pay $30 I, for I, Black I, Widow? M- Mulan already came out and it was already a great film. I don't need to see a, a half-assed live-action version with no I'm talking uh, about Mushu. Black Widow, though, in November. Oh, Black Widow? Black um, Widow. I probably... I, I, See that the difference is I'll probably see that because it's not it's building up on a new it's a new thing. It's not a rehash of an old classic. So you wouldn't wait six months for it inevitably to come to the streaming service. For yeah, so that's also weird. How do they decide that? Like is it gonna just be one day? Oh, it's it come out for sw- free? Switch? Oh, I'd, well I'd it wait will for free. Event- 
it will eventually be on Disney Plus six months, six to eight months. Like, later. are they just gonna slowly drop the price till it's free? But but how would I be no. able to be on the podcast if I waited that long? That's exact good question. Well, I won't man. be able to be You're on the podcast. I'm not paying questions. thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, you have my Disney Plus account. You're going to be able to watch it regardless. But I won't pay the X. Oh, because, okay. I see what you're hey, saying. See, look, what a good Oh, friend. did you add your credit card to my he's account front, while I wasn't looking? He's the bill. You freeloader. <laughs> it didn't occur um, to me that it would be uh, account-wide. <laughs> of course, what? You think each individual user on the account has to pay the $30 fee? No, I just, no. it didn't occur to me that. Yeah, whatever. I'm still <laughs> in principle of the thing. I don't know. $30. I, I will pay $30. And on it, like Jordan, I'm aching for this fresh Marvel content. I will drive to Atlanta or wherever you are Athens. Uh, to watch this with you. You got to get like, you have to have a nice TV setup though. Oh uh, like, no, it's gotta, not great. You gotta, what, how, no. what, what do you, what do you got? I have got? no idea what the size of it is, but it's probably a third of the size of your TV. Like if you took three of my TVs and you went like across. Okay. How's your uh, surround sound? Non-existent. Oh, Oh, geez. At this point, I'm at the point where I'd pay like $100 just to see Tenet in a movie theater. Yeah, that would be I just want to, I miss the movie so much. I do too. I, and, but specifically Marvel. Like I've been, at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, I'm like, I have to wait till May to see a new MCU movie. Little did you And then know. I have to wait... <laughs> then I have to wait four months to see Falcon and Winter Soldier? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Here we are. It's, it's unbearably tough. It's, I, it's such first-world problems. Like, this isn't shit we should be bitching about, but... I but don't know. At the same time, we have it a does, podcast it does, that it, says differently. It does affect my everyday life. Tuesdays or Wednesdays like during the week on a slow week I'm just like oh I can go like catch, catch and now with the work from home stuff you could probably catch a matinee if you wanted to absolutely and looking back on this like 20 years from now when we tell our kids first movie pass came out and we saw all the movies in the world yeah and then, almost immediately after a pandemic happened and we were not allowed to see movies ever again we flew too close to the sun yeah that, maybe that's what movie passes plan was when they were running out of money they're like maybe it, no one can see the movies but it came out too late <laughs> yeah yeah mo- you, movie I- passes big big plan to recur losses <laughs> was to cause a global <laughs> pandemic <laughs> to sink the movie theater market so they could get enough funding I mean, to after- reboot it's almost as big of a disaster as that mobster movie they put out. Yeah. Gotti or whatever that was. Got, yeah. John Travolta. God. Oof. It had like a 0% on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. Ugh, those poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a really crash and burn, horrible train wreck that you couldn't look at toward the end. Yeah. But at least we got to see but a bunch of movies. We got. I love I got movie pass. Six hundred dollars worth of movies for eighty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's well, insane. Plus all that a, regal popcorn deal. from from the. Oh, from all the free, all the all the yeah. views, all those. those what a tokens. time! Oh, it, I miss it. I miss it dearly. Uh, I, so uh, Jordan, is there any like? Do you envision us watching Black Widow together when it releases? If it releases in November. Yes. In theaters, I mean, if it's in the, I, it, that would be cool. We road trip down to Georgia. 
<laughs> yeah. I'll scoop you on the way. <laughs> yeah, Liam picks me up <laughs> in a van on the way. <laughs> if it's in theaters, I definitely will see it immediately. What if it's on Disney Plus? And I mean, I'm definitely paying for it. You have access to it. Do you think we just watch it? I don't, that's a good question. Can we watch it at the same time on the same account? Probably. Probably. I, th- I, I think. Um, I think actually. I'm trying to think because I, I use a joint Disney Plus account, and I was watching The Mandalorian. I forget if it kicked me off or not, or if it just it did. That's a good point. You it know? kicked me off the Mandalorian, but that was like when it first launched. Yeah, maybe they made some tweaks. I mean, I'm sure they understand that it's a family app. That yeah. you know, some people are going to be watching some shit at the same time. I do remember uh, <laughs> my friend Joey, who I share or I give the account to. I uh, <laughs> he uses it. Uh, uh, he was watching the Mandalorian, and he got ahead of me. And I turn on the Mandalorian, and immediately cuts to where he is, like watching live. And I'm like, God damn it! This isn't how this is supposed to go. Yeah. So that would be my nightmare. If 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 we do watch it separately, Jordan, God forbid, uh, I get to watch it first. Obviously, obviously that's no. I it. mean. It's yeah. not even. I'm sure Jordan will be scratching <laughs> at the door. I can, I can picture him just camping out. He's like, I can't come into law school today. I've, I've been aching to see the widow back at it again. He's just making his popcorn. The law sitting can on his wait. Couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> the law can wait. Um, so, I, I mean, in a perfect world, I would drive to you. Uh, you get a sound bar, and we enjoy this movie together uh, in the same company. Um, or it comes out in theaters, and there's a convenient theater located equidistant right in between the two of us and Liam, so somewhere in the West. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> That's equidistant for all three of us. The same distance for all three of us to get to. But what, Oh, so what? We'd have to all go to Colorado or something? <laughs> no, I mean, if that's the closest distance for all three of us to drive the same amount of miles. Yeah. That point exists, and I'm curious what it is. Yeah, Kansas. we can do the math. We can run the numbers. We can run the numbers. Uh, obviously, you know, um, it would be great to have another uh, Black Widow post game up too, where we just have Liam on to talk shop about all of the MCU, all films of the Black Widow it. films, <laughs> all of the starting Black with Widow Iron films. Man two, <laughs> and rank all of them. All right. Well, I, I, I um, hate to be this guy, but I have to. No, I was about to yeah. segue out organically. Oh but, well, uh, well. Now I now I can say that. I initiated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Power move. Power yeah. move. Uh, what What's our final opinions on Blade Trinity? Not great. Um. Yeah. <laughs> just Just uh, stop it too, and you're not missing much. I loved it. I do miss the blood pack. CGI was better. I think that's uh, the best thing I can CGI say. CGI was so good. CGI yeah. was great. Jessica Biel was great. Uh, Dracula as a character inserted in the third film. Great. Um, soundtrack through Jessica Beale's Baby Driver MP3 player was terrible. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think that concludes it. I've been Jordan Peoples, and Marvel has truly, truly sucked. <laughs> I've been Cade Weiberg. Thanks very much for coming back on, Liam. Uh, Always. And I, think we, I think we both agree that Marvel does not suck.